today. Listen, I just want to share a couple of announcements with you. Of course, we're still in the midst of this pandemic, um, and we just want to encourage everyone to please, please remain six feet apart. Come on, somebody. Amen. 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 Let's be mindful of our health. Be mindful um, of our distance. Also, we want to just remind you that there will be a virtual prayer meeting um, coming in January, so we want you to mark your calendars for that. Um, you'll hear more about this special joint prayer meeting from our prayer ministry. Um, it will be held on the last Wednesday of every month. And so this is January the 22nd. You will hear more about that. But we just want to give you a heads up for you to mark your calendars for this awesome 
worship experience VA, our virtual prayer meeting. Also, our youth summit um, is held in October for our youth team. Um, this would be a virtual event as well. Um, the cost or the fee, should I say, is $50. So if you want your child or your young person to be a part of this awesome experience, we encourage you to register. Um, go to our Central States Conference website, um, and you'll be able to register your young person there. Also, again, we want to encourage everyone to register for our worship experience. Listen, we don't want to just get your name and your number, um, but we want to make sure in the midst of all that is going on that we are able to contact. If something was to happen, which we pray the devil is defeated, yes. hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Uh, but in the event, come on somebody, in the event, we want to be proactive and not reactive. Amen. So we want you to contact want you to register weekly. Matter of fact, you can register today for not only next week, but even the week after that. And I want to just say thank you, Sister Bev. Number one for next week. Amen. If I had a reward, I'll give it to you. <laughs> we praise God for you. So please, please go ahead and register um, yourself online for our service so that we can uh, make sure that we keep your information in the event something does happen. Again, COVID is real. Um, COVID is on the rise. Things are happening. Things are taking place. Um, and so we want to encourage you to be careful um, as it relates to that. Again, we want to welcome everyone here. Um, we are celebrating our birthdays. Amen. Um, I know Elder Harris, Dad Harris, September. That's right. You September? Amen. You got about seven of us in here. Kwame, September. Is there a September here? Mike, okay, now y'all cannot do all this now. Come on now. Amen. September? September? Dad Harris is the day, correct? Yes. Amen. 97. Amen. 97 today. Amen. So we celebrate all birthdays, all that are selling anniversaries. I see you, Elder Deacon Reed. God bless you on your birthday as well. It is indeed a blessing. My daughter, Maya, celebrated her birthday on yesterday. Amen. The 10th. And guess what? We have one that will be celebrating one on the 13th. Right. Amen. Amen. Jamaria will be celebrating her birthday on the 13th. So we have a lot of uh, September birthdays that are taking place. And so we do celebrate you. We thank God for you. Do we have any anniversaries? Do we have any anniversaries? No anniversaries. Amen. So August is still holding strong in that category. Praise God for that. Amen. So again, we just want to welcome everyone. We thank you for being here. Also, one last thing. Um, we want to um, have you mark your calendars also for September the 26th. Um, we'll have a pandemic proof. Um, this is another virtual coming from our ACS department. Um, our Adventist Community Service will be putting on this program. You know, there are still some skeptics. There are still some, some doubts. There are still some individuals that, um, that don't believe. Not only in the pandemic, but even in Christ. But we'll get to that message a little later. Um, but we want to encourage you to mark your calendars for September the 26th, where you will have a virtual time together as we discuss um, the pandemic proof. Um, with that being said, um, as we get ready to transition over to our prayer, after the, after the praise team um, render us another selection, um, we want to keep in prayer. Um, in the name of um, Charles Bradford, a um, very mighty man of God. Um, so we want to keep the Bradford family in 
we'll have a word of prayer and we'll follow the service as prayer.
Do you trust him this morning? Do you trust him this morning? Not in your finances, not in your job. Do you trust him this morning?
as we come and as we lift up our petitions, we want to ask that you remember in a very special way the Bradford family. And Father God, we ask that you will cover them right now as they as they process the loss of, 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 of Charles Bradford, oh God. We're asking in the name of Jesus that you would give them clarity. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would give them direction. And that you would allow your Holy Spirit even now to fall afresh on the family. Let them know, God, that you see their hurts and you, and you see their pain. Let them know, God, that you understand every, every ache and every moan and every groan. Let them know, God, that you are right there with them. Let them know that you haven't abandoned them. We thank you for the life of Charles Bradford. We thank you for his legacy, oh God, and the lives that were changed and the lives that were impacted by the ministry of this giant. We thank you for him, oh God. Now cover the family today. Keep them ever before you, oh God. We're also asking in the name of Jesus that you will cover Dad Harris today celebrating 97 years, oh God. We thank you for Dad Harris. We ask that you will watch all, all over those individuals, oh God, who are selling birthdays in the month of September. We thank you for seeing another birthday. We thank you, Father, for seeing yet another day. So cover and keep them, oh God. We also want to lift them before your online viewers. Father God, we know that there are prayers in the chat right now. We ask that you will cover and keep them, oh God. Let them know that you have them in the palm of your hands. Let them know, Father, that you see what they need and that you are in con- and that you are concerned and that you have it already worked out. So, Father, we bless you today. We honor you today, oh God. Cover the members here today, those that have come out to this worship experience. We ask that you would give them what they need, whatever it is that they're in need of, God, that you would grant them that today. Father, be with the spoken word. We pray that it will come across with clarity and with understanding. That when we leave here, God, we will not leave here the same way we did. But we will leave here with a newfound love for the things of God. So we bless you today, oh God. Thank you for the Sabbath. Thank you for Sabbath rest, oh God. A holy rest, oh God. On this day, you set aside. Hallelujah, you sanctified. Lord, we thank you today. And we bless you for all that you've done. Keep us ever before you. And we will be ever so mindful to give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. Thank you for what you've done you're doing and what you are about to do in the lives of your people. Let the people of God say amen and amen again.
together for the worship experience. Amen. Amen. Thank God for our musicians. Come on, let's put our hands together. Y'all gonna make me try something up here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> my, 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 my. Hey, listen. I was glad when they said unto me that tabernacle of praise was up and running. Come on, somebody. Because you don't know like I know. Amen. Amen. How I've been wanting to get up in here. My Lord, my Lord. Got me out the basement. Come on, somebody. For a year and a half, I've been preaching in my basement. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it was set up nice, though. Come on now. Man, I'm going to try to contain myself. I get excited about the Lord. I'm going to need y'all to excuse me every now and again. If I sound like some of my roots come up. I ain't always been Adventist. I just got to let you know. Somebody know what I'm talking about in here. Amen. I've been a stay-home Baptist. Come on, somebody. I've been Baptist. I've been Pentecostal. I've been, well, we're not going to tell that one. But now I'm seven-day Adventist. But I believe that the journey that the Lord took me on was to prepare me for this moment right here. So I take all of the ups and all of my downs. 
And the Lord said, I will work them for your good. So while it may have been a bad experience for me when I was homeless and pushing everything that I owned in a shopping cart down the streets of San Diego, California. It may have been a, a bad experience, amen, when I was living in a mission. Come on, somebody. But God saw something else. God saw something else. And when I felt like giving up, when I, when I lost trust for a moment, God never lost trust in me. So I'm glad to be here. Uh, to even just to stand on this stage one more time. I'm blessed. To be able to stand before the people of God and to be able to declare a word of the Lord. I'm blessed. Amen. I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. Amen. Somebody know my testimony. It's because your testimony, if we put it next to mine, they look identical. I was sinking deep in sin. Anybody can relate to that? Far from the Christian shore. Anybody can relate to that? But the master. But the master of the sea. Heard my cry when I didn't even cry. When I didn't have good sense to call on his name. He helped me. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve. That even when you don't have good sense to, to ask him to help you. He look at you in your despair. He look at you in your craziness. And say you don't even know you need help. I'm going to help you anyway. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. That's the kind of God we serve. So while I may have been a stay-home Baptist or Adventist or a, 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 a Pentecost and all, the God of the, the creator, the universe, the God of all things, the one that woke up the Baptist, the one that woke up the Pentecost, you know, we don't have a trillion gods. There's only one. There's only one God that made all of this. Buddha didn't do it. Krishna didn't do it. I know I'm lying, but I got to help somebody. Allah didn't do it. It was Jehovah. It was Jesus. It was God. Three in one. That got us here today. So I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I'm honored. I'm just so privileged to be able to come before you today. I'm not going to be before you. You know, I always say this. Amen. It's almost cliche. I'm not going to be before you long. But I must do what God has called me to do, amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, amen, if you can turn with me to a very familiar passage um, in the Old Testament in the book of Proverbs. Now, I went outside real briefly to look and see if I left my friends out there, and I didn't leave them out there. <laughs> I left my distant cousins at home on the shelf. But we're going to work through this, amen. Amen, amen, because I have memorized the verse. It's a very familiar one. So when you have it, please stand with me in the honor of the word of God found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Many of us know it. Uh, many of us can recite this, but it simply says, um, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. and Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. 
and he shall direct your path. Can we say that again? Can we read that again? Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Today we just want to talk a little bit on the topic of trusting God again. Trusting God again. Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Trusting God again, the Lord laid this on me uh, earlier this week, I must confess, as I began to reminisce about what is taking place in the world in which we live in, when I began to talk to different individuals and began to hear their thoughts and as it relates to their relationship with God. And the truth of the matter is, most have lost their trust in God. For whatever reason, the pandemic, uh, the, the being out of church and not being connected with family, not being connected with the familiar, it has taken us on a journey that none of us was expecting. None of us was ready for and the truth is while there were some prepared you can never prepare for what we are just went through and what we're going through we're learning as we go and many have lost their connection with God many have gotten comfortable in the whole idea of not even being in a place of worship Many have become accustomed to the whole online service because it gives them the freedom to tune out or to do other things, um, you know, take care of this while the, the um, sermon or the worship experience is being, go- is, is, um, uh, uh, being uh, uh, viewed in the background. I'm, I'm still able to multitask. Uh, I don't have to, if I'm, a, if I'm an introvert, I don't have to deal with people uh, on a regular, I, I could just stay home. I don't, I don't have to get dressed up and, 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 and get nice and beautiful. I can just stay home in this comfortable place. And what we're not realizing is that that is pushing us further away from God. You see, you have to understand, you know the story, and you probably heard of it before, of the, of the frog uh, in, a, in a pot of hot water. You see, if you take a frog and drop him in a pot of boiling hot water, that frog would do its best to try to get out. But if you take the frog and put him in some warm water and set him on the heat, and as the water temperature um, and, you know, gets hotter, uh, the frog will simply lay there until it's death. The point is, is that even in this pandemic, even in this situation that we're in now, many are, are they're, they're, they're like that frog. You're in, a, you're in the hot water and not realizing that the water is getting hot and you're just sitting there. And what's happening is you're getting further away from God. Which is causing us now to question and wonder about God. Is he really real? Is it, you know, if, if God is such a good God, then, then why did he allow this? Or, or why did he allow that? If God is really an amazing God, then why in the world are there so many deaths? Why did he not keep me from the drama? And the truth of the matter is God hasn't changed. 
Uh, 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 there have been uh, 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 struggles going on for years now. There have been there have been trials going on for years now. There have been there have been moments of discontentment going on for years now. That that, that what we're experiencing now, Solomon sums it up like this. He simply says that there is nothing new under the sun. That, 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 that all that we're going through, that God has a purpose and, and God has a plan. That whatever it is that you're experiencing, that God has a purpose and God has a plan. But, 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 but when I look at my text here, when I look at my text here, there are at least five, there are at least five things or five key words that we can use to unlock the message. But we're not going to deal with all five of them. We simply want to deal with one of them. And maybe we'll come back at a later date and deal with the other four. But today, I want us really to wrap our minds around the whole idea of trust. You see, when I was a young child, I remember when I was a young child, my dad used to take us swimming, and I can remember my dad in the water, and I remember standing on the, on the edge of the, of the swimming pool, and, and I remember my dad used to, used to tell me, come on, son, jump in. And, and, and I would stand there wondering now, I know that's my dad, but, 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 but that's a lot of water out there. It's, you ever been there? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever? And, and, and so what I would do, I would, I, I would kind of do that little double dutch. I, I, I would act like I'm a jump, but then I bag up again. And, and then I run and I act like I'll jump, and then I bag up again. I eventually jumped, and my dad caught me, and so that developed a level of trust there. I remember because of that trust, I grew up a. Uh, you know, went swimming again. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of little swimming stories, but I'm going to need you to bear with me. Uh, 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 my dad was there to catch me, and I remember uh, uh, um, um, as I grew up and I decided that I needed to take swim lessons. And uh, uh, the swim teacher, you know, had us in the shallow. He had us hold our breath and taught us the little techniques, and then he would move down to the deep end, and uh, he would have us jump in. And now at this point, um, after he taught us all the techniques in the shallow, um, we get to the deep end, there was a level of trust. Now, this trust here is a little different from the trust that I had with my dad because I was able to see my dad in the water. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I was able to jump in. But now this level of trust, I'm trusting now on the whole, uh, the, 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 the whole lesson plan that the teacher taught me just maybe 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes ago. So in other words, I'm relying, I'm trusting in now the information that was given me a few minutes ago. There is no dad in the water. There is no instructor in the water. I simply have to trust now that what he told me in the shallow will work for me in the deep. I'm trying to help somebody here this morning. And so I decided to take my instructor on his word. So before he did that, he said, okay, do you know, and you know, the thing about a good instructor, a good instructor can tell when its students need a little bit more help. 
I need y'all to follow me now, man. I'm telling you. A good instructor will know when its students need a little bit more help. So what my instructor did, he had me come out the water. had us come out the water. Um, he had us get back in the shallow. He said, okay, now, well, he took us in the deep. He said, now I need you to jump in and swim down to the shallow. When you get down to the shallow, I need you to turn around and swim back to the deep. Well, I figure out my techniques in the shallow of swimming, the, you know, the um, width of the pool versus the length of the pool. Uh, uh, you know, I had that mastered. So I swim uh, uh, the, um, the um, width of the pool, go from one side to the next. I got so good, Elder. I started holding my breath. I started swimming from one side to the next underwater. Oh, I had this thing. So then when he says swim from the deep to the shallow, I figure I got this. Because as long as I'm in the deep, I will not stop. Uh-huh. So I would jump in the deep. I would swim down to the shallow. Then he would blow the whistle. Now it's time to swim from the shallow back to the deep. Now anybody know anything about swimming? When you get to the deep, the water changes color. It gets a little dark, the dark blue, and then you can tell that you're no longer in the shallow, but you're moving to the deep. And right at the edge of the deep, I, get t- I would get tired. I would just come up like I'm about to die, like, and I would get out, and I would get on the edge, I would walk around, and I, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, because if I get tired, I'm going to need something underneath me to hold me. And so my instructor figured it out real quick. So he blow the whistle, I jump in the deep, I swim down to the shallow, I turn around and get back halfway to the, to the deep, I'll stop, get out, walk around, and I'm ready to go again. So what he did was, as he began to talk to us, he talked to us about treading water. He talked to us about treading water. Now, 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 a good instructor is smooth. Now, this was a, this was a, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, there was only one master instructor. But I tell you, this instructor here, he was so smooth with it because as he was walking and as he was teaching and as he was telling us about how to tread water and what needs to happen, before I knew it, Sister Bev, I was hanging with one leg in the air, one hand in the air. I'm screaming, dear mama, and into the deep I go and all of my friends all of my friends all of my friends are on the sideline all of my friends are on the sideline rooting me telling me to calm down just kick your feet move your arms just relax breathe and giving me all of these instructions the level of trust changed The level of trust changed. Now I have to rely on not just trusting in what I see, but trusting now in what I don't see. Because now out of all the information that is being delivered to me, I have to now rely on that and that alone. So I had to either make up my mind to trust and what they are telling me to trust and what God is to trust and the way God is leading or to rely on my own understanding. And as you can tell by me standing here, where my which direction my trust went. 
The text really just simply reminds us that we ought to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. See, in other words, the word trust simply means to lean with full body, uh, to lay upon, to rest the full weight upon. Oh, to trust in the Lord is for us to rest our whole weight upon him. That's trusting in God. Trusting in God, putting our full weight upon him to depend upon him completely. In other words, in other words, we are to trust in the Lord even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it's not adding up. Even if it seems as if things are just going crazy right now. We are still giving the word of God to trust in him. And I know I get it. I realize it. I've learned it that sometimes trust can be betrayed. Sometimes trust can be misunderstood. Sometimes trust can be mishandled. And there are times you have to still trust. But the thing of it is, is that when we trust in God, when we lean on God, when we allow God to be the one to direct us in the way that we should go, even when it doesn't make sense to us, it makes sense to him. Because trusting in God is what is happening. I said last week, you know, you can't learn something you're not interested in. See, you can't trust in someone or something that you have no that, that 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 you have no belief in. It's hard for you to trust a God that you don't believe in. So, if you don't believe He'll do it, then it won't happen. If you don't believe that He is who He said He is, then you trusting in Him is null and void. You see, the Lord knows exactly what we need before we are even in need of it. And when we choose uh, 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 to, to, to trust God, when we choose to rely on God, when we realize that we should trust him more, then we understand that when all of this stuff unfolds, when stuff begin to break down, when stuff begin to fold up, when stuff begin to shut down, you will be able to take a step and look and, and realize that even though things are breaking down and things are locking up and things are being shut down, that there is a God that understands me better than I understand myself and that he will not allow stuff to come upon me that I cannot handle. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that we worship, the kind of God that know what we need, but the truth of the matter is... Amen. We have done things on our own. And it is at that time after we realize that we've messed up, that we've said it, that, 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 that we've messed up, that we realize I should have done it God's way. And I just want to help us out this morning to encourage us. Don't wait until you mess up. Don't wait until stuff began to crumble that you trust God that you trust him before so that when stuff start messing up it won't affect you when stuff start breaking down it won't bother you because you know where your help comes from you know where your help comes from the devil's trying he's always trying amen 
But we're going to keep moving forward because we have to understand that trust is paramount, that trust is important in a Christian's walk. In other words, we have to understand if you can't trust God, you can't obey God. That's why I love the song that says trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Because if you can't trust God, you're not going to obey God. And obedience, obedience is one of those words that never sounds like fun. And I get it. It never sounds like fun. Obedience never sounds good. It feels an obligation. It's like something we have to do, but we really don't want to do it. And we often doubt the motives of those asking us to obey. Obey is one of the things that even I don't even know. I know I haven't used it in a while when I've done marriage, marriages and at the altar. And we get to that part says obey. And then everybody starts looking around and say obey. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because see, now wives, they say husband, love your wives uh, uh, as Christ loved the church. Women, obey. And then we have a problem there. When I thank God in my marriage, we don't have that issue. Amen? <laughs> so we don't have that issue in our marriage. See? <laughs> because we obey each other. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we obey each other. Amen? But obedience is one of those words that tend to get folk out of sync. It tends to cause them to second guess, to bag up and to question and to wonder, is this something that I really need to do? And the truth of the matter is, it is. In other words, I love, I love, I, I love the way Christ did it. See, Jesus set the ultimate example for how we should live. And as we study his life, obedience sticks out most of all. In other words, he had full authority over heaven and over earth, but yet he fully submitted to the Father's authority and fully obeyed God in everything. Even though he had the power, even though he had the ability, even though he had the authority, and I want to go as far as to say he even had the right to do it, but he chose not to because it wasn't in in, in accordance with the Father's will. So everything he did, he did in accordance to the Father's will, even if it was right or wrong or whatever. He did what the Father mandated him to do. It's not I, but it is Christ. It's not my will, but thy will be done. It's not what I want to do, but it's what God would have me to do. It may not look pretty all the time, but let me tell you something. When you do it God's way all the time, it looks pretty. You see, the text says in Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones are dominions, are rulers of authority. All things were created through him and for him. You see, obedience is simply this. Obedience is simply following God's command his way, right away, all the way. 
That's what true obedience is. And you can't obey God if you don't trust God. And if you don't trust God, then there is a problem with your relationship with God. Because God simply says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not hard. It's not a rocket science. It's not anything that we have to really ponder over or get caught up in. It's just simply trusting him in the midst of everything that goes on in your world. Trusting him. Just as the father has loved me, Jesus said, I love also. I have also loved you. He says, abide in my love. John 15, 9. Abide in my love. You see, there are several Bible Hebrews that I would like to call front and center to help me out, to help me prove my point here. Come here, Moses. Can we just talk just a little bit? You see, Moses, when he was a babe, was placed in a basket because there was a decree that went out to kill every child two years and under. And so Moses was placed in a basket caught up by Pharaoh's daughter raised in Pharaoh's house 40 years he raised he was raised in Pharaoh's house and then one day he was uh, found killing a Hebrew banded from the Egyptian culture What did Moses do so wrong that he was raised in this wonderful environment? Everything was going his way, living high on a hog, if you will, uh, doing, living a a beautiful life, placed a a second in command of the kingdom. And now he's hunted. He's a hunted man. And God had to take Moses on a journey of trusting him. So he had to rip Moses from what was normal. He had to rip Moses from what was what, what he was accustomed to. He had to rip Moses from an environment that he that, that, that he thrived in and place him in an environment where the only person he had to lean on was God and God alone. And the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, sometime God have to place you in an environment where there is nobody to turn to but him. Sometimes God have to allow stuff to inflict us, uh, to get us to a place uh, where there is no one that we could call on but him. There are moments in our walk uh, as Christians uh, where God had to set us up on the island of Patmos uh, just so that we can become uh, connected with him uh, because we've been so caught up uh, in doing things our way. Uh, We're so caught up uh, in living life our way. Uh, we so caught up um, in doing things a certain way uh, that God is saying, I need you um, to do things my way. Um, I know it looks crazy. I know it looks off-centered. Um, I know it's not making sense. Uh, and that's true. Uh, it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to be off-centered. You're supposed to be in a horrible place uh, because it's in that place uh, where you'll be able to understand uh, that I am God alone. Come here, Joseph. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? You see, Joseph, uh, uh, this young child, uh, this young lad, uh, uh, amen, with all of his brothers uh, that was hating on him, uh, doing everything that he knew to do, uh, living the life of a child, living a a wonderful life, uh, never knew uh, that the very person that he was living with, uh, that their very people that he's staying with had it out for him, uh, sold him into slavery. Sent to a far country. 
and then get to that place. Now he's accused of rape. Come on, let's talk to him a little bit, Joseph. Placed in prison. It's not making sense right now. It's not adding up right now. Praying all day long. Trusting in the God of his fathers. Doing what he know to do from a young child on up. But yet he find himself in prison. Talk about trusting God. Could have given up. Could have turned his back. Could have walked away but yet the trust level in Joseph was so, was so, was so powerful that something on the inside uh, was working on the outside. It just wouldn't let him go. And Joseph's trust level increased. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're doing everything, trying to represent your king, doing everything to try to rep your God, and, and everybody want to bow down, but you are standing up. Surely God got some points for you. Surely God going to place you, place you on the good list. Surely God is going to cover you. Surely God is going to protect you. Not so, not so, not so, not so. Because although they stood for God, they still had to stand for God. And sometimes standing for God means that you have to stand alone. Placed in a fiery furnace. You would have thought that God would have stepped in and saved the day. You would have thought that God would have done something miraculous. They wouldn't even have to experience that. Uh, uh, but the truth of the matter is sometimes your greatest blessing is inside the fire. Sometimes your greatest blessing is found within the fire because as long as they're outside the fire, they never would have saw Jesus in the midst of the fire. Sometimes it's in the fire where your help comes from. Sometimes you have to go through the struggles in order to see God from another perspective. Sometimes that's your breakthrough right there. And then you get in the fire and you realize that what you're going through ain't all that bad after all. You realize that you can handle it. You realize that God is a very present help in the time of storm you realize uh, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper but you only experience that when you find yourself in the storms in the fire I've learned that I had to learn that come here Daniel let's talk to him we're gonna get out of here come here Daniel you, you just have to tell your story uh, I mean it just wouldn't be fair it just wouldn't be fair if, if we ended the story without letting you know how Daniel prayed three times a day and how Daniel honored God and he submitted to God and, and even though the decree went out that if I catch you praying you will be thrown into the den uh, the, the lion's den but yet Daniel Daniel decided that he would continue to trust God even in the midst of all of this, even, even in the midst of a decree, even in the midst of a, 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 a pandemic, I'm going to trust God even when I can't trace him. And so Daniel continued to pray. And his so-called friends, notice I said so-called, because they were never his friends, turned him in. And Daniel was given another opportunity to recant 
But I'm glad that Daniel set the bar high because it helps us out as we go through what we go through. That even though they come for you, even though you are being threatened, you can still trust God. And even if you have to go uh, by way of homelessness, even though you're pushing your cart down the street and everything that you own is inside of it and you're not understanding why is this happening. Uh, Daniel said, I'm going to go forward and I'm going to trust God even if I can't trace. And so Daniel found himself in the lion's den and, and, and Daniel was in the lion's den. Uh, uh, Daniel slept with the lions. Uh, uh, Daniel played with the lions. Uh, uh, Daniel hung out with the lions. Uh, how many of you know that your lions ain't nothing but big cats? Sometimes we get caught up in the look. We get caught up in the growl. We get caught up in the pause. We get caught up in the position. And we fail to realize that there is a God that resides over the lions. I got one more for you. I can't leave. I can't leave without telling you about this one more. Come here, Pastor Fields. Let's just talk to him for a few minutes because you have to understand that there were moments in my life where I had to trust God even when I came tracing, when I found myself behind bars. Come on, somebody. I'm going to help you out. I, I, I just got to help you out there because you have to understand that while I was in that cell, when I was locked up in that cell, there were moments I'm trying to figure out what is going on. A theology student at Oakwood, I'm, I'm doing everything right, married with a family, love my wife, doing everything that I know to do, but yet I find myself behind bars looking at 20 years, and I'm trying to understand, God, why do you have me going through what I'm going through? Why am I experiencing this? And God is simply reminding me, your trust factor needs to increase up, because there are some things and some people that you will come in contact with, and your story is what's going to help somebody break through. Oh, I wish I had about three witnesses in here that to understand that even though uh, the devil tell you no, uh, God says yes. Uh, and even though it seems like uh, that God ran out on you, if you just hold your peace uh, and trust him when you can't trace him, when you just let go and let God, uh, oh I feel my help right there. If you just let God be God uh, in your life, uh, he will show you that he's a very present help uh, in the time of storm. Uh, oh my God is a good God uh, and he's worthy of all the praise my God is a kind of God that will never leave you and he will never forsake you if you can just lean on him if you can just trust in him if you can just let him be God then he will take your haters he will set them up but they'll see you as a blessing and even though they try to write you off with 20 years God will I said God will God will he'll show up and he he will show out uh, because while they tried to take my life uh, my God gave me life uh, while they try to lock me down uh, God set me free uh, and I stand here on this stage uh, as a believer in the only risen God I thank him uh, for what he's done uh, I bless him uh, for what he's doing uh, I should be dead uh, sleeping in my grave uh, but he that shall come uh, will come uh, stepped in uh, and flipped the script uh, and smacked the devil uh, upside the head uh, and now I stand here uh, as a living testimony uh, that if you just hold on uh, just hold on uh, just hold on uh, and never let go uh, trust him uh, when you can't trace him uh, I know it's been rough 
I know it's been hard. I know it's been difficult. I know, I know, I know. But I understand God. Sometimes God have to place you in situations that just don't make sense to get you to trust him a little bit more. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that we're taking with us when we leave here is our character. And if you can't trust him right now, if you can't run with the footman, then what are you going to do when the horseman come? The devil is a liar. You see, I don't allow what, what Capitol Hill or, 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 or Sugar Hill or, or, or Benny Hill or any of the hills, uh, I don't let none of them define who I am. Amen. I am that I am because of who God is. So don't get mad at me, get mad at him. Because I didn't ask for none of this. But I stand here because of who God is. I stand here because of God's grace and God's mercy and God's favor over my life. When I should have drowned in Eagle Creek, God spared me. When I should have been shot. God spared me when I should have OD'd. God spared me when I should have been strung out on crack cocaine. God spared me when I should be sleeping in my grave. God spared me. You see, I wasn't raised in this. I wasn't raised this way. I'm like, Paul, God saw something in me. Hey. I knew nothing about this way of life. But God saw something in me that would set me on this path. So I'm not trying to win no popularity contest. I'm not trying to win no favor over nobody. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm just glad to be here. My president asked me a while back when I shared my story with him. He was trying to understand what was it that kept me when I moved to Berrien Springs, Michigan, straight from the drug house and straight from the liquor store. I need to tell you my story because you need to understand that I hadn't always been where I am. You look at the nice bow tie. It's nice. I know. Don't worry about it. I know the suit and the shoes and the clothes. and It's all material. But I wasn't raised like this. And so I told my president, I said, when I moved to Barron Springs, Michigan, I was just glad to be in an environment where there was no cussing, no fussing. I didn't have to worry about watching my, sh- my shoes and, and watching my clothes. I didn't have to worry about any of that. I was able to go to sleep at night and wake up and the same folk that when I went to sleep at night that was in the house, when I woke up, they were still in the house. You see, I come from an environment where you would go to sleep at night with 10 people in the house and you would wake up with 50. Yeah. And I was just so glad, I told him. I said, I was just so glad to be in an environment where I didn't have to worry about it. I was just so glad to be in something new. 
I didn't go to any rehab. I had no withdrawals. And the Lord sent me a beautiful wife. You see, when I met my wife, I had a trust issue. She'll tell you. We three years married, and I'm, I'm still not trusting all the way. It shocked her. Because I didn't let her in all the way. Three years married, and I'm still keeping her at a distance. Because I had a trust issue. I've dealt with some folk that, were, that weren't nice. Which set me on the path, my sister, to be not so nice myself. That when I met my wife, I told her, I said, I need to go make a phone call. Matter of fact, I need to go make about four phone calls. Because I don't want you dealing with stuff in my past. All right. I don't want you at Walmart, Kmart, Supermart, the mall, or wherever. And I don't want nobody rolling up on you saying, why are you with my man? So let me go handle my business. And then we can move forward. I had a trust issue. But that was because I wasn't trusting God. Like, how can I trust my wife if I don't trust God? And the many of us, we're having relationship issues because we're not trusting God the way we should. Let's just be honest. Our marriages are not where they should be because our relationship with God is not where it should be. We have to trust God. We have to trust God and believe that he's going to bring us through it. And then you will see that situation in your marriage as nothing. You will see it like Shadrach saw, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fiery furnace, nothing. Your children, you will, when you start trusting God, you will see that as nothing. Like, like um, Daniel saw the lions and the lions did. Oh, it was nothing. Because you're able to see things in a different perspective when you trust God. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. That's why he takes us little steps at a time. It starts small. And then it grows. And pretty soon, you'll be walking on water. You will be trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And you will not be leaning to your own understanding. But in all your ways, you will acknowledge him. And then, and then the text says, he'll direct your path. You see, we want God to direct our path without trusting, without leaning without being obedient. We just want the reward. That's not how it works. There may be somebody here that's struggling with their trusting in the Lord and you want to trust him a little bit more. I want you to know that he is still able. That he is still able If you're that somebody, if you can just raise your hand and say, I want to trust him a little more. 
Just raise your hand. Do you want to trust him a little more? I see your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up. Those of you that are viewing online, you can, you can raise your hand even in the comfort of your own home if you just want to trust him a little more. There may be somebody here that say, I need to be baptized. I need to join this church. I want to be a part of this family. I invite you to stand if you want to be a part of this church, if you want to be a part of this family. If you're online, viewing online, you can go to our website. You can email us if you're looking for a commitment, if you're looking for Bible study, if you're looking for prayer. Even if you just want a pastoral visit. We ask that you can email us at topsdachurch at att.net. We're here for you. Or you can go to our website at www.topsdachurch.org. For this is the day that the Lord has made and we want to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to come back and do a benediction, but at this time I'm going to invite Elder Lee to come up and share with us our stewardship nugget. Let's give an amen to the pastor. Beautiful sermon. Wonderful message. Just want to remind you about our duty as faithful stewards of God in terms of our time, talent, temple, and treasure. And the message was so appropriate because it's all about trusting in God. In terms of our tithing offering, God doesn't need our money. I told you that last week. He's got everything that he needs. We're the ones who need him. So think about it. If you're not faithful in tithing offering, it's because you don't trust God. You don't obey God because you don't trust him, as the pastor was saying. If we trust God to take care of our lives, give us our jobs, give us our income, take care of our car, pay the light bill, the gas bill, keep us in good health, pay for anything that we need, give us a good home. We want God to do that, but we have to trust him to do that. We have to show him our trust through our obedience. We think so much about our returning a faithful tithe and offering. We think it's a sacrifice. Returning 10% tithe, returning 5 to 10% offering, that's not a sacrifice. If I give you a dollar and you give me 15 cents back, you didn't sacrifice anything. I gave it to you in the first place. A real sacrifice is what happened 20 years ago, which we remember today on September 11th. Those people who gave their lives for the lives of others. And Christ says there is no greater love that you can have than giving your life in sacrifice for others. The fire department, the police department, the ambulance, the hospital workers, the security guards, the the, uh, other, other employees there, the strangers on the streets, those people sacrificed. When we return faithful tithe and offering... That's not a sacrifice, folks. That's simply showing our trust in God to take care of us. He doesn't ask us to give that big sacrifice. You know they have a saying that some gave all, or that all gave some, and that some gave all. God's not asking us to give all. He's just asking us to return a faithful tithe and offering.
Would our deacons come forward to lift our tithe and offering this morning? Amen. As the deacons prepare to come, we want to encourage you to, as, I don't know, the praise team, did I have a song that you were singing out? As we depart, please follow the usher's instruction. Um, we ask that we um, exit the building. Um, we ask that we not congregate. Um, we still want to keep the place safe, um, keep a safe environment. Um, the deacons are standing by as you come out your aisle. For those that would like to return their faithful tithe and offering, you can drop it in the, in the basket as the deacon come by. Let us all stand as we close out in prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, again, we thank you once again for this privilege and this opportunity that you have given us to come before you. You are truly an amazing God. Without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. Thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. We thank you for this offering and pray your blessings upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you so much. Please go online and register um, as the site is up and ready. God bless you. Happy Saturday.
Online. 